yes, good evening. This is the OASI conference call, conference call number 12 for the Wednesday, August the 7th. And tonight we're going to have Peter Harkins discuss the importance of the North American continent in regards to OASI, the Cosmon era, and the actions and guidance of the gods and gods. Okay, Peter. Okay, thank you, folks, and welcome, everybody. Um, so, yeah, I think it's important to go over every once in a while the sacredness of this land from the time of um, Seth Antis. And with that, I am going to turn to Seth Anthony, if all is correct, and I get to the right page correctly there, um, with the statement, the creator statement on him. And it is found in Chapter 11 of Seth Anthony. And um, I am going to, let me just check here. Hi, Mama. Hi. Uh, let me write. Hi, let me write you. Welcome aboard. Thank you. And uh, where I am about to find the piece on Seth Antis, where he is told by the Creator, just to find the right quote here. I'm going to start from verse 6. My prophet shall foretell thee what shall happen. Thou shalt look upon the mountains, and this is being, okay, let me go backtrack. This is, I believe, the creator telling Seth Antis. My, and it's verse 6 of chapter XI, which I believe is 11. My prophet shall foretell thee what shall happen? Thou shalt look upon the mountains and strong standing rocks, and the thought of thy soul shall pierce them, and the impression thereof shall be as a written book before the races of man in that day. Neither <laughs> shall they know the cause, but they shall come forth in tens of thousands, putting away all gods and lords and ancient tyranny, for my sake, thy shall, thou soul shall be my talisman, deep engraved in the land and water and mountains. On this land alone shall not any lord or god be established by the sword, for it is my land which I planned for the deliverance of the nations of the earth. Uh, there's another part. Um, and number 10, verse 10, is God said, And thou, my Lord, shall mark out the places of dominion of Jehovah in the founding of his kingdom on earth, and a record of such shall be put up to the higher heavens. So here we have from the beginning 
the statement that this land has been set aside. Um, I had written, uh, I don't know if Joan had seen it yet, a comment, because she had written something about the Paradoids and the English not seeing it, and I wrote a comment to, an email comment to Joan earlier today where I mentioned that in England, one of the reasons they didn't see the Paradoids is that the religion was established as a state religion and by the sword. Now, the question I have as to North America in and of itself, and I don't know if anybody knows this history, so I'll put it out. We know here in America, as the founding fathers were inspired, um, it, they just referred to the creator as the god of nature that wasn't in uh, in the making of the country, and religious freedom was also part of it. Does anybody know what was the condition of Canada? Was the Church of England established as a state religion there in the same kind of way that it may have been in England, uh, that people couldn't question it? Also, I believe the French were there first with, with Catholicism. So anybody offhand have any thoughts on that? Um, my family, my family, um, part of my family uh, were, were with Champlain when he came to Canada. Uh, they came for religious freedom, but they were um, uh, trappers and, and uh, not farmers, but um, they opened uh, trading posts and traveled up and down the Mississippi. <clears throat> And uh, several towns along there are named for the family. It's rather curious to go back there and discover that. But um, the thing, the thing was that they they were seeking uh, freedom to practice the religion they wanted to practice. Um, I, they. Um, they left Europe because of um, religious oppression. But I can't say that there was any great uh, depth other than they just wanted to do it the way they wanted to do it. Uh, somebody else was going to say something. I interrupted them. Um, that's just my own take on, on what I know of my family. Um, they were not a deeply religious group. Right. At least they didn't, didn't seem to be. I mean, from from the little bit I understand, and I have to look it in it, there seemed to have been much more um, tolerance in Canada than uh, there was certainly in England. Um, so I'm just going to have to do more research on that. Um, but nevertheless, the way this reads and how the United States has been formed. Now, and I'm saying that in spite of all our social and political ills, we're talking the highest ideal and what was put on us from above, not what obsessed us from below, as it were. Um, 
So I, uh, I want to really make that clear. And having been involved in a lot of social justice and all this kind of thing, I, I, I want to make my statement here is that I'm seeing this as a, a work in progress as, as Cosman unfolds. Um, but in, in some other pieces in here, it goes on further to say, you know, there's a whole progression that the people here, the native peoples, no one here over the centuries forced a certain religion had to be and worshiped the great spirit perhaps in different ways, but it was unlike any other continent um, or place where, and basically overall the worship of the creator was the most dominant uh, with some slipping and sliding here. Um, and that's, is, is like the, the basic cornerstone for what's come after. And I'm looking here, hopefully I can find it with um, Fragapati, where he's making statements about the foundation here. And forgive me if I don't get it as well as I would like. Um, no, it's in the wrong. I've got to get up to Fragapati. Excuse me. Okay. I had marked it. I think I had lost a paper clip, and I think it was that. But I'm going to just have to go with my site and trying to find things. Um, there was another verse, Peter, number 12, of the ones you just read about the seal. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let me go back. And you know, I probably lost the place. But will be my seal. What is that, 12? Yes. And it was chapter 11, I said, right? Yeah, hold on. Yeah, and then the the last one we read, I think, was 11. And then the next one. Right. You stopped that. Which is on chapter 11 again. Which pertains to what you're talking about, I think. Right. Oh, come on, 11. Getting close. Okay, you said twelve, right? Yes, yes. twelve. I think, yeah. Yeah, it's twelve. Oh yeah. Let my seal be put upon this land in the name of Jehovah, and to Him I consecrate, consecrate it forever. So from the get-go, as they say, this has been set aside. Um, to bring forth um, the Cosman era. And all the different phases and behaviors of man, even early on in the earliest books, it talks about the, the work that was being done was all in preparation for this era. Mm-hmm. Um so the shortcomings, the longcomings, all all of it is for the final roundup. Um, in Sapenta Armija, she uh, there is a time, and I hope I can find it again. 
where they um where is the Pentas? Jonathan Sheets. Yeah. Um yeah, I think I lost the place that I have put a paper clip. So I will just say it in its essence and um you guys can check it out, but it is there that the record the record of the earth until that point was sent up and there was going to review in the higher heavens whether the earth was to have its have the have a vortex put against it to break it up or not to break it up or or change its orbit or to continue in um fragapati going back to fragapati the word was made manifest in such a way that even with distortions it would remain with man so we have going back to faith fantasy antes the the hope and the impregnation of the land of of what it's supposed to become and making it sacred. We have with Fragapati in general, um, for the regular human beings, as regular human beings, the the word that was kept secret with, and the writings and understanding, the words kept secret with the ions made basically common knowledge for all humanity. With the Pentateuch, it was saying, Basically, is my interpretation, and, and again, it's my interpretation. My understanding of, of that is that that was the test to see if we had the spiritual wherewithal and potential to make it to Cosmic at that point. And since we are all here, I would take it that we passed the test. Um, which does not mean that it is an easy road, but it is something that we have come to. And then in the book of S, it states, um, Jehovah states and tells God of the planet that just because we've reached Cosmon, don't think you're going to have an easy go of it. There's going to be much trial and tribulation. So we see with the coming of the Cosman era or the Ark of Cosman, 1848-50, that there's a lot of strife. There's um, basically the end of the Mexican-American War. We have the Civil War and a number of wars up to our time. So we can say, yes, there's all this light, but that light is breaking through generations of darkness that has built up in mankind and in the ether. And that it isn't a one, two, three, as much of a, many of us know. We have found the Owaspi. We say, oh, great, wonderful. We're all going to come together and build this new world now. Well, no, God, the creator, God and the creator, it, it's a slow process. It is an unfolding a understanding our own nature, the overcoming of the tetracts. Also, 
in Serpenta Armager, she again she appoints points out and it's in some other books but I'm not sure which one that the most important thing for us as human beings more than the removing drudges and and all that is to know our tetracts and to conquer our tetracts so in essence our te- seven tetracts are the open portals um for any dredges and negative spirits to fix on us and work through us through our own destructive vices, if you will, the seven vices that are on our shoulders as human beings and part of us. um, With that, I'm going to kind of throw it open for any kind of comments or observations by uh, you guys. I'll go. Okay. <clears throat> um, well, the other day, um, I was reading through the book of S. And in the book of, well, the book of East, Daughter of Jehovah. And in this book, it was revealed that the land of Batama is to be the place where the Cosmon era take place. You know, where it takes root. And when we base our opinion on our outlook, on what we see around us, a lot of people say that things are just getting worse. And the thing is, we need, we should keep in mind that many of the civil unrest spreading at this stage of Cosmon is only the birth pains of this new era. As stated in the book of um, S. Like Peter mentioned before, I wanted to read this passage in the book. It's only one verse. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's a short passage. It says, Oh God, do not be puffed up with the hope of sudden success. I have seen many corporeal worlds arrive at the Cosmon era, but it is like a new birth brought forth in pain and with much labor. And I think this is the verse that Peter was mentioning before. Yeah, that is it. That's the book of East, yes. the book of S, Daughter of Jehovah, chapter 8, verse oh, 15. Oh, 8. 8. Yeah, 8. Chapter, yeah, 8. 15. So pretty much to finish it off, what I wanted to say is that amongst all the madness, the, the craziness that's going on right now in the world, we as faithists, along with the angel ambassadors of Jehovah, have to, well, it's like I would do this to shed some light on Jehovah's laws and commandments. Mm-hmm. And pretty much this is our labor to, to help usher in the Cosmon era. And mm-hmm. like Peter said, it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take time, you know, so we just have to be patient and do our part. Any other comments? Thank you, Richardson. Yeah. Well, going back, this is Leslie, going back to the seal, is that apparently what, um, I believe it is, why uh, faithists over the decades have thought that it maybe meant the four corners area, the quote-unquote imaginary line of the states, the four states, like like Jehovah's name. 
I, you know, it may be, but I personally have not. I know that is held as a sacred part in in current times. Um, but of myself, I I don't know this. It doesn't really make a clear statement about what the seal or is the seal. My interpretation, and I said interpretation, which is not a fact, is that his putting his eye, if you will, on the continent and impregnating it with that force that came through him from the creator is the seal. Yes, so that would be less literal. That doesn't take away that that might be, if you have a seal, you've got sometimes a lot of figures in the seal. You know, a regular seal, which is stamped something. Mm. Mm. So it's not like one empty square. It's just got stuff on it. So there yeah. may may be in that seal certain, if you were to look at it and look at the seal as on the continent of North America, at different parts have different figures on the seal for different things to happen in the future. Yes. Well, and I'm not saying I necessarily believe it. It's more that I think it's interesting that it's been kind of the um, the the legend a little bit, you might say, handed down right. over the years. And that's, I think it's interesting to know that people faithless philosophy readers thought that. Well, I think, isn't it, Leslie, that more than just faithless have, have looked at that four corners area as something special? Well, I don't know. I mean, I've heard it in general New Age kind of thing, and, and, and even some Native people talk about it as a sacred place. So I, I don't know, you know. If it's just us that does it, has said it. What are um, the four points talking about? Oh, the four states that come together. Utah. Okay, so in the north, northwest, it's Utah, and then Colorado. And then down, you've got Arizona and New Mexico. And they form a, um, a cross. It's not exactly equilateral. No, but it's still... Of course, and there's no circle. But I can kind of see why people may have thought that with that, again, that verse 12 in Sathantis, let my seal be put upon this land in the name of Jehovah. Right. So it could, that, it's more of a literal interpretation or semi-literal, <laughs> I guess they call it. Of course, if Jehovah is the symbol of faith. Then you just have the, cro- the the cross of light. You know, no circle. You know, there's a circle in the, in the figure, mm-hmm. and you have the dark corners. But basically, it's it's the Creator's light in this in in a cross. So I, I think there that could be um, very legitimate. Um, the focus that I'm doing at, at on yeah. the presentation is that to sell us out in a sense of, oh, this hopeless country's falling apart. Yeah, definitely a difficult time. And I'm sure during the Depression it was very difficult and and, and settling it and the influence of Loanamog when he was messing up 
God's plan for getting people over here. Uh, it's just been an ongoing. Um, and, and the world wars and yeah, world wars, which civil wars, war. mm-hmm. right? Um, so the the coming and unfolding of light does not necessarily mean um, peace and light in that sense. It is often a tumultuous turmoil. I'm just going to say turmoil because uh, I can't say the other one. Um, time in our where the light is coming, it is pushing away the um, the darkness. The darkness is trying to hold its ground and reacting to it. Um, you know, we saw that after the Civil War, we had emancipation, then you had reconstruction, and then you had the backlash. And again, we see the backlash here with with the rise of, of white supremacists. As we saw in that comment of to Seth Antes, where all all the nations of man were to come here. That means, you know, all the races, all the mans, all all peoples. Not just Western Europeans. And the growing pains of people to be able to accept each other is part of the game. And see past the external and the cultural behaviors. And again, I go back to the Tetrax. We really have to understand them because they are us. They're part of us. They're not separate from us. And a lot of times we don't think we're being egotistical, and we are being egotistical. Are we we being vain and self-conceited? And how could someone say that to me? Don't you? They know I'm doing such and such. All those things are parts of the tetract. And then you have the collective tetract of the tetracts of the society, and the presence of of Anremanius itself as that entity of death and destruction. So what I'm saying is that this is just not going to be easy. We, this cause is, we're still being tested, I think, to see if we have the integrity and the moral and spiritual character um, to hold it together. Now, we don't know if there's other evaluations being done in the heavens of our behavior as to um, being um, capable of the moral, ethical, spiritual growth that we hope we are capable of. Um, and this this time now, before the um, the the half dan of two hundred years, uh, all the effects of darkness. That happens before. Oh, there was another one I wanted to find, but I I don't remember. I had marked it, but I think I lost the marking. Um, Next time I'm going to write them down separate when I do something on this. Um, What I was going to say is that before um, the 
Oh, wait a minute. I might be able to find it. Hold on. Um, Somebody just come on. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, it's, it's Richardson again. I lost connection, so I'll call back. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, okay. Um, with the coming of a Dan, and whether it's the high Dan or a Dan, um, the heavens get shook up, and angels descend to the earth, spirits, angels, whatever, descend to the earth and cause havoc. As we see, we're like 30 years or so out of from the Dan, and all these crazy things, the shootings, the, the, the kind of neo-fascism that's rising up, um, the, the obsession with weapons, can all be part, part of this. So it would seem, unfortunately, one possibility is that it's going to get worse before it gets better. Then again, mm-hmm. if we rally morally and ethically enough, then because of the element of free will, you know, it seems like all, it says in Owasby that every corporeal world basically goes through the same growth period. So in that sense, all this may be predetermined, but I think every species and every um, planet in one sense as a living being has, or at least as the, the corpora, you know, the sentient beings on it, um, have a certain degree of free will as to their role in doing it. It's like if you have a drought and the authorities are trying to all figure out where the drought comes from. And they decide, well, we, wherever it's coming from, we don't know exactly where it's coming from, but we've got to conserve water. So an edict is put out, please don't water the lawns, don't do this at a certain time. So we always have the responsibility of our part in what may be um, determined beyond and above anything we can do to change it. As it also says in OSB, when the dams come, it gets hotter. So, again, what what climate change may be coming from, isn't coming from, we as a species, just like the folks in Pan, are responsible for our actions and what we can do as our part to make a situation better, whatever it may be. What is that uh, again, Peter, about the dams getting uh, hotter? It says, I believe in cosmology, that when the dams come, it it gets hotter. Hmm. And we also, yeah. as you see in other parts of Owaspi, um, as we're going on the road, we go into areas that are more spiritual or more inward as we're moving towards the completion of man on this planet, or humanity, shall we say. Um, we use the word, Greek word, anthros. So as anthros is moving forward into the last days of the earth at some point in time, um, we're going to experience different temperatures, different phenomena, according to what Ethereum feels we're going through, the Earth is passing through. 
and that's at least that's what I seem to get when I read or ask me that that we are we we're on a trail, we're on a roadway that is leading from the road the place where we started in Wang, I think it was Wang or something like that, with in San Francisco's when we started on the journey. And the way it's written, and I'm not saying it's so, but the way it's written, it sounds like it was like much more in a stationary position before it started moving um, into the different high dance and dance. So we're on this roadway where we are now, and um, we have to take responsibility for what we know we can do. Because I think that's part of Cosman. As it says, you know, in Cosman, I'm not leading you by the hand. Uh, the angels came and impressed movements like the Essenes and so forth. We're developing the essence of the Creator in ourselves. We have to learn to think for ourselves, take responsibility as adult as an adult species. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever the different causes are for our dilemmas, there are things we can do. And it's sort of, to me, I equate it to jazz. You have a tune, the tune is fixed, free will is the improvisation. So there's some things we may not be able to change. Other things we can. Um, and I would I would recite the AA and NA line, but I forget exactly how, but, you know, know what you can change, what you can't change, and all that kind of thing. So, again, I'm going to stop. Any comments? When do you think the next Dan is going to start? Well, if... It, if 1848-50 is the date of the high dan, 200 years from that is 2050 rounded off. But there's sub-cycles. You know, the, the Eloist talked about a sub-cycle. So there's cycles that go on that we're not even aware of. And so you can have light and darkness playing at the same time as, as we... Um, get closer to this Dan. And it doesn't mean that it'll be all roses, I don't think, just because the Dan comes. What it it means is that there's going to be another explosion of light, which is going to really cause things to change significantly. But that doesn't mean that it's all going to be harmonious change initially. Well, I've heard that all the planets in our solar system are are, are getting a little bit warmer and, and that... Uh, that in a hundred years from now, that this planet and most of the planets in the solar system will be very tropical. It, it could very well be. Then we may go into a, a, a cold thing at some point. It's, it's these are things that are hard to predict. But I will share with you a vision I had, and I, I've shared it with some people before. But this is the late '90s, and I was on my way back from New York. And I was staying with a friend of mine in New Jersey, and my father was still alive, and he was there, and they were taking care of me and my father, friends of mine. And I was just kind of feeling sorry for myself, my problems and all. You know, the self-woe, woe is me. And all of a sudden, this kind of light went off in my head, and I, my 
I was given this vision of the God of the planet going to the administrative God or chief officer of the solar system. And what I got for them, they, he was being instructed at what was going to be happening, not just to Earth, but to the solar system as we were moving closer into or moving further into the Cosmic Era. And for me personally, it was, oh, you think you've got problems? <laughs> you know, Peter, uh, there's, there's bigger problems in the world. And the great serpent does include all the planets, the sun and all the planets, traveling together on this roadway. So it could very well be. I, I, the transformation we may be going for is who can tr tell for sure. But I think my understanding from OASPI is the OASPI for people who find it is really about developing our spiritual nature to evolve away from the earth and the lower heavens, which seems to be our responsibility. That doesn't mean that other people have other responsibilities in, in this age to do and maybe, you know, have more relationship with the animals, more relationship with this or that. But all of OASPI is basically saying we're being trained to be able to administrate and become um, responsible for more and more uh, of what's going on in the heavens as we mature in our spiritual development. So some people may be hanging around the earth to do good and this and that, but it seems ascension away from the earth and doing all the things we can do to purify our own body. So when we pass on, we're in a region of the atmosphere in heavens that is not as connected to what's going on in the earth. Now we're, you know, if we have children, if we have um, have finished stuff obvious, we're going, you know, we're not going to move on, at least from the Owaski point of view, until we help do whatever that is. But it's not looking back downward just because we're trying to hang on to the past, but looking forward to where we're going in the higher heavens is sort of what I get. So um, that, again, I'm opening that up. Any, any uh, uh, thoughts on that? I've read in some of, this is Joan, I've read in some of the uh, English um, trance work that um, they were told that the time has been speeded up, that the time of, of the dance is always determined by uh, the God of heaven and earth. It is not, it's not cast in uh, chiseled in stone, that it's a matter that is decided and um, that there is this average, which was then a waspy, um, the average of um, 200 years and 400 years for the uh, time and 200 of the half time. So um, it, it may be that 
we're already into this final uh, trauma that the earth is certainly suffering now. It seems to me on every hand there's there's so much. Uh, and by the same token, I see people who are standing up and speaking out against, um, well, they want gun control. They're speaking out against that. They, they're speaking out against racism. Um, people um, are not just letting it go. They're standing up and, and they're being counted as to how they feel. But, you know, <clears throat> I've been working on a, a piece that will be, I think we'll be putting it in the newsletter next month about the prophecy, about the um, the children of, of uh, Moses and the children of Chine and the children of Capilia will meet on the West Coast. And um, uh, we've been researching what each of these groups has brought to this country. And it's it's tremendously interesting to see how how the um the various ethnic groups are contributing without people even being aware. They they really they really <laughs> they're not aware of all the contributions that that um these various descendants of these holy teachers in the past. Um, and one of them that I was thinking about as you were talking a few minutes ago is that India has um, a vast um, many dialects, many religions. There's not any kind of uniformity in their, their religions and when people uh, go to school in India, um, they are dealing with people who have far different ideas than they have been raised with. And it's very interesting to me that um, the people from India that are coming to this country are bringing this with them, this attitude of, of let's be tolerant of each other. Let's respect each other's opinions. And I certainly didn't realize um, what a profound influence uh, India was having on us in that way. Of course, Gandhi, we know about Gandhi and his, his um, um, peaceful, peaceful resistance. So um, there's a lot of a lot of planning and organization that's gone into to what's ahead for us all, and it's certainly going to be interesting to see um, <laughs> how it's all going to work out. It's uh, it's a work in progress. There there was an article, not an article. Glenn had sent me a, a statement from OASP and. Um, I don't remember where it was, but he sent it and wrote it in an email to me. And there's a statement 
about who the chosen are. And in that statement, the chosen aren't just faithless. The chosen are the people who dedicate their lives, even if they don't believe in a creator, to doing good works and nonviolence, who speak up against oppression um, and embrace other people as brothers and sisters. So the faithless as such, we make a statement that we know what the core, or we at least assume by our belief, uh, couch it in that language that we are worshiping the creator but folks who even don't even acknowledge a creator but are coming more and more to acknowledge the livingness of the universe which in OSB it says you know the universe why not call it Jehovah as a statement um, that what which backs up what Joan is saying people are coming from all kinds of places so as Owaspian faces will say, we often say, well, there doesn't seem many of us. No, there's probably not many Owaspian faces. But of those who are the chosen, in the larger sense, people are coming and, as Joan said, speaking out against oppression, speaking out against racism. Just, just on the racism thing, having been involved in the civil rights movement, many more whites, young white people of different age groups have come out and joined with African Americans and, and, and Latinos, uh, Native Americans, than ever did in the civil rights era. So we see this voice of, of, of people who are saying we're just, we're, we've got to live our ideals and are living what OWASP are saying under the inspiration as it's coming to them without the OASP. And some of them might even be reincarnationists and this and that. And, you know, since one cannot prove it or disprove it at this point, the point is if they're doing good work, if they're spreading the light, if they're against nonviolence, more than not, when they get to heaven, um, they'll start to realize, oh, wait a minute, it's eternal progression. But the point is that they're fighting for the highest ideals that we have. And that's what makes people the chosen. You know, we even as, as Owaspian faces, we can quote all the stuff from the, from the book. If we can't live tolerance, peace, love, and forgiveness, we missing the, we're missing the boat. It's like Christians who say, oh, Jesus, 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 and go out and get drunk or get into fights. There's no difference or put down their neighbor. It's in the action. It's in how we come forth from our own soul and how we treat other people and how we right. we That's wrestle right. with ourselves to overcome our bad thoughts and actions. Peter, I think I found the verse that you're referring to. Okay. I think it's in the book of S. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, that's all. Listen, this is this is open stuff, and you want me to read it? Yes, if you would. Okay, it's actually three three verses in Book of S, Daughter of Jehovah, chapter ten, no, chapter twenty. Sorry, it says, "But in this era, I come not to an exclusive people, but to the combination of all peoples commingled together as one people." Hence, I have called this the Cosma era. 
Henceforth, my chosen shall be of the um, amalgamated races who choose me. And these, these shall become the best and most perfect of all people on the earth. And they shall not consider race or color, but health and nobleness as to the mortal part. And, to, and as to spirit, peace, love, wisdom, and good works, and one great spirit only. Yeah, that's a very powerful, for me, that's a very powerful quote, um, peace and all aspects. Yeah, um, I don't know if this is the verse you were referring to, but I, well, I it's, it's, it up. Well, I mean, throughout OWASP, it's basically always, for me, it's always said the real test is doing good works and tolerance and love. Right. And that's what what the important thing is, not holding grudges, not tormenting ourselves with anger towards people or past events. This right. is what spiritual growth is. Um, focus. Right. So whatever people call themselves, you know, I mean, I could say in one way, if I'm talking to a Christian and I'm a Christian, and I mean it when I say it, that I mean I worship the all knowledge, which by OASP is the word Christ originally meaning all knowledge or knowledge or knowledge of the all or however you want to break it down. So... um Names sometimes don't mean as much as they may seem to me. Listen to how the person understands it. And I remember talking to one of my daughter-in-law, and she, she seemingly seemed like pretty much a born-again Christian. And, you know, somehow the word Christ came up. And I kind of asked her, I said, well, what do you mean by Christ? She says, well, you know, the light, the the, the light of the Creator. I was like, whoa, okay. So... In her understanding, which wasn't the norm of, of the church she was going to, but she understood the concept. People who don't have the OASP are going to interpret the light from heaven in the only ways that they can through the medium of the knowledge that they have. And I think that goes back to what Joan says. You know, all these people have come. They've been moved to come to this country. And we might, might assume that those people moved to come here, if you were to follow their spiritual line, were back in their ancestral days coming from what we would call faithless lines. And they're the ones who are stimulated to come to this country. Um and again, I, I say these things as, as an assumption because, again, I can't prove them. And when we say, I know this is a fact, we put ourselves in trouble. Because if we're proven wrong, we look pretty stupid. And if we're right, it doesn't make any difference either, you know? Um, so I just say, I assume it. It just looks this way. Um, and I think, you know, going with Joan was saying, that there's – a lady who comes on sometimes and names Patricia Liddell. She was raised with by this monk who was a Buddhist on the outside, but more a Taoist, who went into the spirit world, did rescue work like Faithless did, was concerned about helping children, and was against the materialism of uh, of, of religions in general. Uh, 
doing a lot of the stuff that is talked about in OWASPI. And he lived to 120 years old. I saw a picture of this guy. And at 119, he looked like he was 60 or 50 years old. And he was totally vegan. Um, so that would be, to me, these folks, whatever outward religion they're practicing, are the, the seed of the faith, the, the, the remnant of the faith is in those different cultures. Um, also, it's to light, which Joan was saying about increasing, which certainly could be. Also, there, I can't remember which god it was, but one of the gods prayed when he heard, you know, there was uh, Ajay or darkness coming, to pray to get more, you know, for the light to come. Well, he was granted that more light came, but the light caused more problems than it did, than the darkness would have because it forestalled um, things in a way that it kind of messed up the flow. Um, there is a, a statement in the regular Bible about uh, in the last days, um, time will be speeded up, otherwise there would be no flesh left on the bones. That may be a kind of Christian um, comment about what Joan is talking about. The, the, the acceleration of light, the acceleration of what needs to be done. And it kind of fits the atomic age, you know. I mean, Joan and I remember... You know, duck and cover, you know, get under the desk when the bomb, when the atom bomb falls, as if that was going to help. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we went under our desks and put books, open books, and put them over our heads. Now, uh, we actually, my father was um, in life insurance, and they had a survival pack. And somebody went into one of those bomb shelters for two weeks with the survival pack and ran a radio show. And my father wrote a jingle and it went, uh, survival pack, survival pack, just lay back, enjoy the bomb survival pack. (laughs) (laughs) And I did, I did a a speech on it in speech. uh, And uh, it turned out that my father's partner's uh, had daughters that were two years older, had the same speech teacher. They did the speech before I did on the same thing, the survival pack. Yeah. I remember, remember those days under the death. <laughs> it, it's quite amusing in some sick ways. Um, so I do, I do, whatever it may be coming from, believe there has been an acceleration of some sort. Uh is it the Dan itself? It could be. Is it the light coming from the Dan as it gets closer, like the wave of light? At, like when you have the on the beach, have the high tide coming, and then it is moving up slowly, but it's not the full hit. Um, there is something very profound, I think, happening. So we have this mixture of of these dark spirits, running amok we have the, the light coming and moving people to stand up for for equality and and what you know kind of what the statue of liberty says send me your hungry and poor um it doesn't say uh send me your rich and uh qualified 
and degreed. It says, "Send me your hungry and poor," and some or in some other words, which kind of back that up. Um, the ideals. How long can anyone, a human being, a country, survive if it has really high ideals and it keeps on functioning away from those ideals? And we're caught in this mix of trying to really live our ideals at the same time having people who think the American dream is how big a house you can get, what a comfortable living you can get, how many channels on your TV you can get. Um, And that's not the ideal. I mean, I'm not saying people shouldn't have them. You know, I enjoy it myself. But what's important? What isn't? You know, and I think Dale says it, you know, uh, we've got to stop loving things and loving people instead mm-hmm. as a culture. Okay, enough of my mouth. Any more comments, folks? I have a question for John. This is Leslie again. If there's, yes. else, if there's somebody else going on. What's happening? I, I couldn't yes. understand it. I have a question for John pertaining to a little bit of history here. May have your hand over. Yes, that's not muscle. clear. That could you? Who is that, Leslie? Oh no, I don't. Who is, who is it asking? It's Leslie. Okay, is that any better? I'm very okay. muffled. Okay, just a second. Have your hand over the speaker or something. No, I don't. I don't. There was a question from Joan for for Joan from Leslie, I believe. Okay. Can you hear me? Okay. Oh yeah, now. Yes, very well now. Oh okay, yeah, I had it on speaker. Was all, but my hand wasn't on anything or anything. Um, I I'm curious. Then I never actually heard this one way or the other, but. Do you know, Joan, why Wing Anderson had the Essenes of Cosman move um, or establish, be established first in Salt Lake area or Utah? And then they moved to Montrose, Colorado. But do you know why they went out there? Yes. Um, <laughs> how long do you have? <laughs> Well, um, Wing uh, Anderson um, was very taken with a a um, prophecy of um, Newborough that 1948 was to be a um, a year of great change, and so um, he pushed to get a group together and to go to Salt Lake. Now listen to this. His thinking was that the Mormons were there because they thought they could survive so the faithists could go there and survive. I don't think Wing had read um, Awaski. 
<laughs> At any rate, then what happened was um, the short story was there was a problem with uh, lessons that were being sent out. The lessons were copyrighted by someone in the East, and um, he had to stop putting out the lessons. The man who um, was brought the lessons to Wing was actually a salesman for the company. A Wing claimed that the man said he had written these lessons. They're not bad. They're self-help lessons. And um, if you read them, um, there's there's... There's good suggestions in them, but they were copy copyright on them. And um, Wing uh, told the man who um, Wing said came to him and didn't said that he had written the, the lessons. He told the man he had to leave, and so a large group of people who were there left with the man. And I've always said I think there's more to the story than we know because I don't think all those people would have left um, just on a whim. However, the few that did stay were some of the finest people I have ever known. Uh, Ray Shipman, that, Mark Ben They were Salt Lake. Yes. But then they went um, to... Montrose, Colorado. They, they went to Montrose, um, and um, actually, when uh, Wings Health began to fail and and they were closing down, Ray was the one who was in charge of of everything and of liquidating all the assets, and it went into a nonprofit account somewhere, but we've never been able to find it. It's possible the the uh, Craig, the Indian Craig, if any of you knew, I doubt any of you remember Craig. I remember him. Bill probably does. Uh, if he's Craig was, um, yeah, was appointed by Wing to um, look after the money to be sure it got to a good group. But um, that was many, many years ago. Craig knew knew about it, but um, no one else did. Uh, but that's why they. That's why. Uh, that's why how they got to Salt Lake, and that's why they left. Well, and, I was just wondering uh, if they went there because of this uh, legend or interpretation of Owaspi and the seal and the four corners, because then. Even when Montrose closed, a number of them went to um, northern New Mexico. And then uh -huh. the group you were involved with, too, was in Verde Valley, Arizona, another of the Four Corners. And I'm, I know that's what I was hearing when I got first got involved. And certainly in Molina, it was talked about. Yeah, well, definitely. Two, I, I, I want to backtrack a little bit, if I may. And it's not that it's Me true too. or not. It's what people, how people interpret it. Yeah, the uh, I want to backtrack just a minute 
because we're bringing in the book of knowledge. It is there is a statement, and I believe in the book of knowledge it says 1947. So it could be 47, 48 to about 1980. In the book of knowledge, there would be the time of tribulate, great tribulation. Now it's kind of interesting for me that between 1948 and 1980, the Cold War was on. The threat of the atomic destruction and this hideous example of communism, which was a totalitarian system in Russia, and we were on the verge of nuclear disaster, at least the threat of it. So it's very, and and you had the hippie movement, you, you had the peace and love, but at the same time, the peace and love people were running around half-bathed, getting high, um, destroying themselves on drugs for the sake of peace and love. And I can say that being part of that. Um, it was it was a, a duality kind of time. So maybe, you know... Um, or like an immature spirituality? Yeah, kind of immature kind of, and, and, and the world uh, and a threat of, of annihilation with all these mm-hmm. weapons, the, the arms race. As it, as it was then, the Berlin War. Um, no, don't forget the Cuban Missile Crisis. Oh yeah, I was I was thinking the Cuban, mm-hmm. which really could have gone awry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you you had Castro, um, you had um, Clinton, you had I'm uh, not Clinton, you had uh, Kennedy, uh, you had Khrushchev. Um, and I think one of the things, and this is my own opinion, one of the things that may have saved things that the Russian, the Russians, with all their uh, yelling and screaming, know what it was really like to have war on their soil. I mean, they lost 20 million people. So I don't think they really wanted war. So there may have been some holding back there, but you had it could have it could have gone it could have gone south, as they said, and really that could have been it. And I think I may have mentioned my daughter, she had a friend in high school uh, or she worked with in, in this deli after school who was Russian-Cuban. And her, the Cuban girl's father was one of the Russian scientists who put in the missiles. Uh, so when they went to Europe, they seemed to have been followed. <laughs> Well, uh, no, no, well I, Joan, I, I was I, just asking because all this time, I mean, I've been involved since the 1970s. I've always heard about the Four Corners from Faithus as being something special for just what we were re- reading, I guess. And, um, you know, I, I just think it's interesting, Faithus history, the interpretation. I, mean, I have be. a paper. I have a paper on that. I'll send it to you tomorrow, Leslie, on the oh, Essene. Sure. Um, Ch- Chaco Canyon's in Arizona too, isn't it? New Mexico. New Mexico. No, New Mexico. Okay, well, it's in one of one of the four corner states. Um, there is corners. there is one thing too. Um, I had a postcard here of the. If you know the flag of New Mexico, it's. Um, it's an all 
I call it school bus yellow background with the Zia, Z-I-A, Zia's and Zebra I-A symbol, symbol. And, um, and there's, and that's from the Zia Pueblo people. And it's interesting because um, in the history of that flag, um, well, it came about because it was seen on some pottery of the Zia Pueblo in northern New Mexico, kind of northwest New Mexico, uh, at that Pueblo. And... Um, the whole idea of the four, four, I'm reading here from Wikipedia now, four is a sacred number which symbolizes the circle of life. <clears throat> this is under the flag, about the flag of New Mexico. The four directions, the four times a day, the four stages of life and the four seasons. And the circle binds the four elements of four together. And then there's a then there's a salute to the flag that kids learn. And I'll just say this and I'll be quiet. Um, the salute is, it's kind of interesting. I didn't grow up here, so I didn't salute it. But I salute the flag of the state of New Mexico and the Zia symbol of perfect friendship among united cultures. Whoa. It's just kind of interesting. I mean, so... It just reminds me of something. I mean, yeah, the the uh, the uh, inspiration that can be in the wind, <laughs> in the rocks, in the people, you know, right. and it can be picked up on, and even even into the the white culture. The um, the interesting thing with the you saying the Zia or Zaya, Zaya culture is that Zia. in yeah. in, um, in the book. In the in, in the book of Safa, in the beginning, when it's given the different names of the Creator, Zio, Z-I, I pronounce it Zio, could be Zio. Zio oh, okay. is one of the na- ancient names of the Creator. Uh, life. Yeah, what's well, that? It's it's you know Eloi, Eloi. It's all in that when it's saying all of it. So, so Zio yeah. is one of is one of the the names. Yeah. The thing, the thing about um, about the Four Corners area is, um, your county Tamas is supposed to stretch all the way across the United States, Mm -hmm. from from the um, West Front to the East Front. Uh, Wow, Walter Weirs. Figured it all out and thought it was someplace in Kansas where where well, the I think center one interpretation going. is, and there is a marker in Kansas. Not a famous marker, a secular marker, as the center. But on the other hand, um, you know, uh, the West Front could be Alaska, and if Alaska is considered the West Front on the Pacific Ocean, then it's um, a little bit different than uh, Walter figured. But he he was really, he was all set to move there. Was, it was really quite for me. <laughs> well, 
uh, I can understand. Well, he was around before Alaska and Hawaii were made state, too. But still, it's mm-hmm. still it's part of the continent. Yeah, it's also the point if you look at the map of Pan and North Katama at that point in time. In the drawing, I mean, there's probably more space, but it almost looks like Pan, a corner of Pan, is touching what would be Alaska. So the question yeah. to me is, was were people in Pan, even before the sinking, crossing that water into North America? Probably. And supposedly they found boats, mm-hmm. canoe kind of boats, far inland in Alaska. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it's it, it's a supposition. Uh, I want to go down, if you guys don't mind, and just because you know, there's lots of folks here. Well, can I say something real quick? Yeah, go ahead, my friend. Okay. Um, well, I have two burning things. One is, uh, I don't understand why there isn't a treasure treasure hunt going on for that money in some bank account. <laughs> uh, okay. And somehow I would like, and I think I did at one point, but send you my cousin's movie called Embargo, which answers all your questions about what you were talking about in Cuba and um, uh, and Russia. And, and Kennedy and, and Khrushchev were actually passing notes back and forth secretly for peace. And uh, it was the CIA or the precursor thereof that wanted uh, war. And, and uh, Kennedy came out of a meeting uh, with the, the CIA when they were saying, oh, he said, well, how many people will die? Oh, maybe just 65,000. And he came out. <laughs> And, and and Kennedy said those guys are effing nuts and fired him. That's what he, you know. He fired Alan Dulles and and then Alan Dulles plotted his his murder. So you know. Well, it could very well be. But again, you know, as it says in Owaspi, there that elements. Well, I'll translate it in my own words. Elements of of a government become entities unto themselves. So the CIA's got its own agenda. And I was talking oh, to a guy years ago who really seemed to know, but I couldn't get any admission from him, but he knew a lot about the CIA. And he said the CIA is like any other organization in this country. There are CIA agents who are left of center, CIA agents who are right of center, and moderates in the middle. And the right and left wing of the CIA according to him, are always trying to get the best on the other wing. (laughs) So it just goes on and on. But let me me go down the line here. Um, Bill, do you want to add anything here for any observations? Well, you know, when we just started talking, mentioned Tiger and, and back in the 70s and back then there was some concern about the climate and the environment for sure but just all the stuff uh, recently about the climate change and such it, it it just makes me wonder you know 
is there going to be something emerge that will save us from this so that in the next matter of decades the planet could be extremely uh, hostile to to the two-leggeds and others because the two-leggeds have been so hostile to the planet. So where does the, the, the seriousness of what the, the top scientists are saying right now about global warming and climate change, how does this impact on everything? We're hearing music and interference from somebody's phone. Um, yeah, that becomes a thing. Now, is the question is too for Cosman to go forth. You know, you know, I, you know, I see it does make some, you know, that that kind of the the Ozian mentality is going to die out. But does that mean also? looking at the populations of the world, does that mean a sufficient number of people are going to aspire, like not aspire, aspire but, you know, like drop dead, die, um, for as part of that transition? So are we going to bring ourselves to the 11th hour and the population that survives is going to go on into the Cosmic Era? Or, or or is the light of heaven going to give us insight on how to do this? The question goes, though, if the free will issue is an important one in the equation, then a lot of it may have to do with how much support we get from heaven, as I kind of intimated earlier, mm. by how much of the percent of the people start shifting and understanding this. Whatever the cause of climate change is, as the need to change our behavior from from how we treat the planet to how we treat each other, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that may be what the turning point is. They're watching to see if we as a species can get enough members of the species to push in the direction of planetary salvation, that we can be the savers of our planet because we choose to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm going to, I'm, if someone wants to say something, I'm going down, okay, Joan, I know you spoke already, but I'm just going down. Oh, I've already, I've already said my say, Peter. Okay, Leslie. I don't have anything to add. Right. I'm just reading the line the way I wrote this stuff. Leslie. Oh, no more? more. Okay. No, thank you. Push. Any any comments, Push? Guess not. Um, Candy, any more comments? Well, I, I appreciate what everybody's contributed, and, and including you, Peter, and, and Richard, and et cetera. And, uh, um, I, I think I'm a lot more optimistic. Go ahead. Hello? Candy? Let's Candy? Oh, okay. Michael? Um, nothing to comment, but I appreciated everybody's uh, input. And okay. 
Richardson? Uh, no, I actually have nothing else to comment. Uh, Carmela? Um, no, but I really value the conversations and discussion that is going on. Great insight on my own, myself. Okay. Carol Sue? Uh, Sarah Angel here? No. <laughs> All of the above? All of the above. <laughs> okay. Um, huh. um, with that, I think we're around 7.30. So that's a good hour and a half or about um, if there's any other comments or not we can close out okay goodbye Bye, um, oh, wait a minute anybody want to do a closing prayer anybody well I will and okay. Thank you, Peter. Good job. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, uh, I could be a little more prepared. I'm going to try to write this stuff out when I find it. Yeah. Uh, okay. But thank you. Just a moment of prayer. Thank you, all Creator, for this time of bringing us together remotely and yet by voice, by heart, by thought within your own soul, O Creator. Shed your light on us that we may have faith and know what to do in our lives and for our earth and for this continent. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peter, uh, yeah. don't, forget to, don't forget to hit star nine to stop the recording. Oh, okay. I'm glad because I I missed that point last time. <laughs> yeah, I had to do it. I mean, I I I think yeah. I don't know if I can, but uh, it did stop. So. Okay. Well, probably on its own, it says, "Okay, this is too long for anybody." So. <laughs> All right, Michael. Thank you again for your contribution to these calls. I really appreciate it deeply. Sure. All right. And thank you guys for listening to me run my mouth a little bit. And love to you all, and be safe. All right. Thank you, Peter. You too, Peter. Thank you, Peter. You're welcome. Appreciate your effort. Good night now. Good night. Good night. Good night.